It's time for the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. Now here's Ryan Wallace on the Golden Knights Radio Network. Welcome into tonight's postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. The Vegas Golden Knights defeat the Pittsburgh Penguins 5-2. Vegas, four straight wins on home ice and help us break this one down. We bring in the voice of the Golden Knights, Dan Duva. And, you know, Dan, to start off a seven-game homestand, picking up your fourth straight win on home ice. And it's the fourth game in a row that the Golden Knights have scored five on home ice. It's safe to say the scoring woes that the Golden Knights kind of went through there middle of uh, December and in even parts of November may be behind them. It very well could be. You know, the, the games that they have played of late, I mean, even to get three in Denver, and it was significant. But you know that when you got the return of Jack Eichel, not to mention Paul Cotter, and how that affects the rest of the lineup, really notable. I mean, it, it's something that we will continue to talk about here as Jonathan Marchessault will come back. And not that you ever want people to get injured, but when players have been unavailable, it has allowed Bruce Cassidy to observe and even experiment to see who has maybe clicked with one guy. I mean, let's face it, if Jack Eichel had not been injured, there's no way that Michael Amadio, quote-unquote, plan E, would have found himself with Stevenson and Stone. But, you know, here he has remained. He uh, does not extend his scoring streak to eight games today, but, you know, he was still good. And Eichel's line with Smith and Wap managed to produce a couple of goals as well. So I guess the, the, the silver lining in all this, Ryan, is that the team has learned a little bit more about itself than it probably would have had the injuries not occurred. They won more often than they did not with, say, Jack Eichel out of the lineup. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking about, you know, what's the team's record with Jack Eichel. And, uh, you know, it is 7-5-1 without Jack Eichel, 6-4-1 and one since December 9th in that overtime win, and then 27-1 and one with Jack Eichel including today, 27-1. and one. So listen, Jack Eichel is going to be the <laughs> offensive motor for this team. Again, and back, he gets three points, but I think it's just as important to recognize the rest of the team's forward combinations as uh, an influence on what they have been doing here, not only today, but in recent games. Well, it's, it's allowing Bruce Cassidy to layer in some balance, right? You have Jack Eichel, who, again, as you mentioned, the offensive motor of this team. If you can have Eichel apart from Mark Stone and both of those guys driving their own line, and then you get a similar type of game, and I'm not going to overreact to just one game, but a similar type of game out of William Carlson, Phil Castle, Paul Cotter, all of a sudden uh, you've got a top nine that, that's really starting to, to push things in the right direction. Yeah, and then you think about if Jonathan Marcheseau returns as expected on Saturday, mm-hmm. Nick Watt would, in theory, move to the fourth line with Carrier and Colasar, but if not... You know, clearly why with Eichel and Smith makes sense. And Bruce Cassidy has talked about how when you had Eichel with Smith and Kessel, what was lacking there was someone to go hard to the net. Nick Watt can do that. So there are a variety of options for Bruce Cassidy, but it, it worked to the tune of five goals today and really spread it around. There, there were not too many moments where you thought this line coming onto the ice is going to be you know, a mismatch in a bad way, uh, which has not always been the case. You get off to a good lead, you can use all four lines. And obviously they did that with uh, effectiveness today. Now, when you look at 
Aiden Hill's game, obviously. It's his first opportunity to get back in there after being pulled in Anaheim and, you know, 38 saves on 40 shots, especially in the second period. Like, that was the period where I think Aiden Hill really kind of came into his own in this game, and it was a solid bounce-back performance. And it, it seems to me for Aiden Hill, no matter the situation, win or lose, he's very much an even keel type of a guy. Mm-hmm. And while there is a lot of passion and motivation that goes into playing this sport and even that position, you think of somebody like Martin Brodeur, the, perhaps the greatest goalie to play in the National Hockey League in its history. You know, he was among the very best at turning the page, even keel. You did not see in his interviews or his reactions anything you know out of bounds overreacting or getting too high or too low it was very much steady and i admire that in aiden hill that you know through some good moments i mean he's got nine wins in 14 games Mm -hmm. and some not good moments like when he gets pulled in anaheim he just kind of rolls with it you know sometimes in this sport we can become a little bit and in any pro sport for that matter there's so much on the line you can become you know kind of ultra sensitive to successes and failures and you know that sensitivity is felt, I think, more for people like us and the fans. I think that the players, while some are more sensitive than others, mm-hmm. it seems to me that Hill, uh, among a lot of other really good goaltenders, takes all of that in stride and probably isn't feeling the pressure in the way that we might suspect. And let's just talk about uh, Logan Thompson. Obviously didn't play today, but was named to the 2023 NHL All-Star Game in Florida. Like, that's got to be a validating feeling, especially when you consider Logan Thompson the only undrafted player that's going to be an All-Star this year. Amazing. Yeah, the 32 that were named today. Slightly different selection process for the All-Stars this year. Uh, It's possible the Knights will have additional All-Stars. Everybody's got at least one as of right now. And then the fan voting will be a part of it as well this year in a way that it had not been before. Exciting for Logan, and we interviewed Logan yesterday for an episode of the SLGND podcast mm-hmm. in anticipation of the announcement. And, uh, you know, really humble about it. We got to hear from Logan not only about his season so far and now a year into his NHL career, but also some personal stuff. And, you know, Ryan, just as uh, we bring that up, uh, it sounds like Bruce Cassidy is now addressing the media if you'd like to go to that. All right, let's go to Bruce Cassidy downstairs. We moved Nick up a little more of a net presence. Thought that would assist that line. So that kind of left, um, you know, Carly and Cotter. And Carly's been playing with, with Phil. So then um, Paul goes into the third line role, which is probably ideal for him. He's moved up and played well at times with Stevie and Stoney too when Jack first went out. So at the end of the day, it was almost just by what was left you know we were going to leave uh, Will and Coley together Jake's best suited to be down there in that role in the fourth line so I thought Carly had a lot of jump tonight as, as good as I've seen him skate in a long time um, Puck's finding Phil in space he can make plays so can Carter they had you know some two-on-ones from from winning some battles down low the D won some battles so they were the beneficiaries and they're able to finish for us and um, you need it. You know, it, it just looked like tonight there was more balanced scoring for the first time in a while, and that's for obvious reasons. You put Jack Eichel into the lineup, he's, he's going to make things happen. Um, drops a few guys down to balance things out, and all of a sudden you've got Carly and Phil on your third line, and that, I mean, to me, there's, there, those are threats too. And Paul's, Paul's game's growing like, before he got hurt. So uh, that's how it played out, and um, 
you know, it looked good at, in, you know, from the bench anyway that, that we always looked like we had some threats on the ice. Go to Ben. <clears throat> ben Goats, Las Vegas Regional. Uh, Bruce, what did you see from Aiden Hill tonight in net after a rough start his last time out in Anaheim? Uh, battle. He was ready to go, um, prepared to play. Um, I thought we got some puck luck in the second period around the net that we hadn't got in this building earlier this year. A lot of those were f squeaking in. Um, and that's just a matter of over time. Hopefully those things even out. So they hit a post Malkin too on a nice play in their power play. So um, we were a little bit fortunate at times. And as a goalie, you know, you need some, some of that. And then he made saves uh, when we weren't very sharp in the second. We didn't manage the puck. So that's what I saw, a competitive guy in there. It looked like he was dialed into every shot, had a lot of them. And uh, we gave him some run support, too, so that probably allows him to relax in the first period a little bit, too. Go to Danny. Danny Webster, Las Vegas Sun. Bruce, going back to the Carlson line, um, you put them together a little bit during the preseason, and they played really well together. Is it a matter of Carlson's defense kind of stabilizing that group and letting those two go, or is it yeah, just... Yeah, that, that has a lot to do with it. To me, if you build lines, you're always looking for a 200-foot player in the middle. That... You know, that's usually where you start if you, if you can help it with, you know, how you're going to sign wingers to the line. Um, you know, Phil needs that. He needs a little freedom to go play. Paul is just more about new to the league. So um, some reliability in the middle until he, you know, grows his game on, on the defensive side of the puck. And he's done a good job with that. I don't have a lot of problems with Paul. Like, he's he's in good spots. He's he's uh, can skate, so, you know, he can work back and reload. Um, so, yeah, it, it may be something we see. I don't know. Uh, how far out Marshy is, um, but again, if you you get production, f f you know, from your listed third line, then you know you're going to be a dangerous team. And I said that the other day. If we're healthy uh, up front, you know, we've got some firepower. We saw that at the start of the year. Um, so we'll see how it plays out going forward. It was a good start for those three, and and uh, I suspect they'll be back together Saturday. Got a bunch over here. We we'll go Willie, Ken, Chris, and Jesse. Ramirez with the Associated Press. Bruce, you talked about the balance with that Eichel creates by being there at the top, but overall, just the energy level throughout this team, the trickle-down effect of having him back in the lineup, it just seemed like maybe a little more confidence, a little more energy. Is it coincidental? Or? No, no, no. I mean, it's, listen, he's an elite player in the league, so I think everyone gets excited. He's excited to play again. He was having a I would say an all-star type year when he started. You know, he would have been considered. Uh, might still be in, in the mix. I saw Logan got got uh, a nod today for us, which is great for him. Um, so I think everyone gets excited over that, that, you, you know, we've got a player. That, listen, they all want to win. They all want to be successful as individuals, but the more, you know, the, the better number of players in the lineup, the players recognize that, that they're drivers and they can make a difference. So... It allows you to relax, not be have to be the guy every night. Like <coughs> Stephen Stoney did a great job when he was out. I mean, they were they were pushing themselves, and they were good again tonight. But it's nice to know there's someone coming behind you that has done it in the league. Um, so I think that's where the energy comes from, and and just Jack getting back in the lineup want, and his excitement to play. He's missed time. He missed time last year. So I think it's a, a, a product of both those things. Okay. Ken Bolkies in Minot Vegas. Seems like no matter how you make the lineup, you end up with two centers on one line. What is the biggest benefit of that? Uh, I think just um, your ability to uh, play in D zone, you can switch out if if, if a center if, if one of them players gets caught low, he's been in that situation before, especially tonight Pittsburgh. They, they funnel a lot of pucks in that. I mean, their shot attempts had to be up there. Um, they do that from below the goal line, so you need people around the front of the net that 
that uh, have been in those positions before to get under sticks in battle. Face-off circle obviously helps if you get tossed. We had a tough time. It was funny when the draws. I think we were, we'd lost the first, I don't know, 10 or 12 of them. Then we bounced back. All of a sudden, game tilts in our way a little bit, and then the same, you know, that happens again in the second. So it does help, help you there. Um, but I just think it's an easier switch to go from, you know, uh, down low if you if you've been center than than a winger being down there. I just it just you know it's a tougher position to play. It's more responsibility. So just like I said, I, I think it helps to to have the more the merrier in that situation. Chris. Chris Chapman, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Bruce, they they're probably were playing a little bit desperate, right? They've lost a couple games in a row coming in here. So when you're playing a team that's desperate, how important is it to get out in front and play from a, with the lead? Yeah, well, I think well, I think they got certainly got desperate in the second period. And they put us on our heels. Some of that was self-inflicted. Some of that that they're a very good hockey team. They got Stanley Cup champions over there, and they hasn't gone their way recently. So we expected that push. Didn't probably didn't respond as well as we'd like, obviously early, and then we eventually got it our way the last six seven minutes. Um, but early on, it's the opposite sometimes, too. When a team's not going well, they lose their goaltender. They've got, you know, uh, a few bodies out that if you get on top of them, maybe the doubt creeps in. And I think uh, that may or may not have happened. I don't know. But we, we created good opportunities for ourselves. And then the push came, and, and then they got desperate. So I just think we were um, ready to go tonight. We've played better at home recently. We went through that funk where we couldn't score in this building to save our lives. Now it seems like they're, you know, what was it, five, four or five games in a row now. So all of a sudden we're getting some, some bounces, and I think that gives you energy as well. So I, I put that more on our guys just being excited to be back here and winning in front of our fans, and it uh, gives you a little bit of extra juice. Jesse. Jesse Granger at The Athletic. You may have answered it there at the end a little bit, but um, you mentioned Carlson's jump. It seemed like the team was just playing really fast tonight. Um, was there yeah. anything that you noticed that allowed them to play fast, especially early in the game? Well, I noticed the schedule lately. Like, we, we people forget. Like, we, we would come back off the road, and we'd have maybe a day, and you're back from the East Coast, and you're playing at home again. And, you know, we, we were able to get a bit of a break at Christmas. You go to California, so it's not bad. You come home, you get a few days. Um, the schedules allowed us to rest and practice, and we didn't have that luxury at the start. It was one or the other. So I think that's it. I think it's plain and simply the fact that guys have, have been able to take a breath here lately and uh, recoup a little bit and still get their work in. And we've got some of that going forward in this homestand. So hopefully we use that to our benefit. You see a lot of energetic nights. doesn't always mean you're going to win or finish, but you know, you're know you on top of teams early on, and that's what you want in this building. Last one, Chris. Hey, Coach, Chris Garlick, Locked on Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, early in the season, you mentioned that not just VGK, but many of the teams in the NHL were not necessarily a full 60-minute team yet. Obviously, now we're at the halfway point of the season. Do you feel tonight was their best 60-minute performance? And how close in general is the team to becoming a full 60-minute team? I don't think it was their best, to be honest, because of the second period lull we have. And there's some things there that we need to do better that allowed them, I think, to get um, a push to get back in the game. Um, but the first was, and the third, I thought we did some, you know, played well. We're opportunistic in some odd manner. We didn't score. I think it was Stevie had was in and Smitty. And eventually we did score, but we, we were trying to play the right way. Um, so we're getting there. Um, but I think there was a few more at the start. I, I remember the Toronto game here at home I thought was one of our better games. I know it's a long time ago. Um, but I thought from start to finish we, we had a really good hockey game. And, but we're getting there. We're, we're getting closer to it. Um, and again, we've got some time to, to get there, but that, that is the goal. Get healthy 
and get your game in order where you're you're as close to 60 minute um, as you can be while, while playing to your identity. So that'll be the push for the second half. Thank you, Bruce. Thanks, everybody. That was Bruce Cassidy after a 5-2 victory for the Vegas Golden Knights over the Pittsburgh Penguins. And with tonight's Golden Knights win, you win as well. Enjoy 31% off menu price pizzas at Pizza Hut tomorrow using the code VGKWINS on PizzaHut.com. We're back with more on the AAA Insurance Postgame Show presented by Dollar Loan Center. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights postgame show presented by AAA Insurance. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. AAA Insurance postgame show. The Vegas Golden Knights defeat the Pittsburgh Penguins 5-2. Vegas 27-12 and 256 points on the year tops in the Pacific Division and the Western Conference. The postgame injury report is brought by UMC, the exclusive hospital of the Vegas Golden Knights. Vegas gets Jack Eichel and Paul Cotter back into the lineup. Big news there, and Jonathan Marcheseau is tracking right now for Saturday's game at 7 o'clock against the Los Angeles Kings. So getting a bit healthier of late right now for the Vegas Golden Knights. Let's take a look at the highlights. In the first period, in the new-look Golden Knights lineup paid immediate dividends as Paul Cotter set up new linemate Phil Kessel's seventh goal of the year. Carlson for Cotter. In front, they score! Phil Kessel! First shift is a trio. They combine for the first goal of the day. Carlson to Cotter to Kessel. Phil scores his first against the Penguins this year, and he's got seven on the season. The Knights take a 1-0 lead two minutes into the first period. Phil Kessel from Paul Cotter and William Carlson, 152 of the first period, made it 1-0 Vegas. Just over three minutes later, Nick Waugh made an excellent play in the neutral zone to get the puck to a streaking Jack Eichel. In his return to the lineup, Jack buried the breakaway chance to extend the Golden Knights' lead. Picked up by Vegas, and it's sent into the zone. Eichel alone scores! Waugh for the puck in the neutral zone, and he snuck it through to Jack Eichel. The righty from the right circle comes back to the Vegas lineup with an exclamation mark. 2-0 Golden Knights. Five minutes into the game. Jack Eichel's 14th of the year from Nick Waugh and Riley Smith. 5-17 in the first period. Made it 2 to nothing Vegas. Then just past the midway point of the period, the Golden Knights would find themselves on the power play, and Vegas whipped the puck around tic-tac-toe as Chandler Stevenson ripped his 11th goal of the year. Comes to the near side. Eichel picks it up. Hard pass down low. Stone in front. Stevenson scores! What a setup. Chandler Stevenson right between the circles. The lefty with the quick stick goes top right corner. The Golden Knights strike on the power play. Three goals in the first 12 minutes of the game. 3-0 Vegas with 8.39 to go in the first period. Chandler Stevenson, a power play goal from Mark Stone and Jack Eichel. 11-20 of the first period made it 3-0 Vegas. And that's how the first period would end. The Golden Knights would take a 3-0 lead into the second period. And though the period was largely dominated possession-wise, by the Penguins. It's the Golden Knights finding a goal late in the period as the captain, Mark Stone, made it 4 to nothing. On the left wall, Eichel, a tap back to the sideboards, and a shot attempt, score! It leaped through! Vegas strikes with 10 seconds to go in the period. McNabb got the handoff on the left side. Always a good idea to put it on goal. Mark Stone might have gotten a piece on its way to the net, deflecting the puck through the goaltender to Smith. 4-0 Vegas in the final 10 seconds of the period. 
17th goal of the year for Mark Stone. The assist to Braden McNabb and Jack Eichel. 1949 in the second period made it 4 to nothing. Vegas. Golden Knights would take that 4 nothing lead into the third period. The Penguins came out early in the third and spoiled Aiden Hill's shutout bid as Ty Smith scored his first goal of the year. Penguins back in. Gensel, a hand back for Smith. He shoots and scores. Off the pipe and in. Ty Smith with his first goal of the year. The former New Jersey Devil makes it a 4-1 Vegas lead. Ty Smith from Jake Gensel and Sidney Crosby, four minutes, four seconds into the third period, made it 4-1 Vegas. And then shortly thereafter, Aiden Hill made our AAA insurance save of the game. The right circle. Roweedle, a backhand shot. Stick down in front. Battle for it near side circle. Crosby at the right goal line. Now Gensel in front of shot. Sliding save. Brian Russell, quick stick, and a whistle for a penalty. Aiden Hill makes a dazzling save. AAA is a proud sponsor of the Vegas Golden Knights, helping you outsmart life on the road and at home with 24-7 roadside assistance, car repair discounts, DMV services, and savings on your home and auto insurance. AAA, outsmart life. So that big-time save from Aiden Hill allowed the Golden Knights to get that goal back Later on in the period, as William Carlson sprang a two-on-one for Kessel and Cotter, Phil drew the defender in, made a perfect pass, and Paul ripped his fifth goal of the season. Knights with the puck coming out of their own zone. It's Kessel with Cotter on the breakout, two-on-one. Kessel in, feeds right, Cotter scores! Paul Cotter, welcome back. Fifth of the year, two points today for Cotter. Set up by Phil Kessel with a multi-point game. Five, one, Knights. Eight minutes to go in the third period. Paul Cotter, the assist to Phil Kessel and William Carlson, 12.05 in the third period, made it 5-1 to one Vegas. But late in the period, Sidney Crosby would deflect a quick pass in for his 20th goal of the year. Here's the centering try. Score for Pittsburgh. Raquel put it to the side of the net. It's Sidney Crosby. 1.29 to go, third period. Two points for Crosby. Sid the Kid has his team within three. Sidney Crosby's 20th of the year from Ricard Raquel and Jake Gensel. 18.30 of the third period. Made it 5-2 Vegas, but all that was left in this game was the final call. Crowd to its feet at T-Mobile Arena. 18,149. They see a Golden Knights victory. 5-2 over the Pittsburgh Penguins. 5-2, the final score. The Vegas Golden Knights defeat the Pittsburgh Penguins, improved to 27-12 and 2 on the year, and that's the fourth straight win on home ice for the Vegas Golden Knights. We're back to wrap it up next on the AAA Insurance Post Game Show, presented by Dollar Loan Center. This is the Vegas Golden Knights. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Post Game Show, presented by AAA Insurance. Now, here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Triple-A insurance postgame show. The Vegas Golden Knights defeat the Pittsburgh Penguins 5-2, the final score here from T-Mobile Arena. Tonight's game recap is brought to you by Universal Windows and Solar, and it really was all Vegas in the first period. You get three first-period goals. The first one, Bill Castle, Paul Cotter, the assist on it. Uh, really a banner night for the Golden Knights. Newly constructed third line of Paul Cotter, William Carlson and Phil Kessel. You like to see it. Probably don't want to overreact to just one game, but I think the building blocks are there for this third line to be one that can do some damage for the Golden Knights. You've got skill in Phil Kessel. You've got skill in Paul Cotter. We know what William Carlson can do offensively, 
but it was the play of Carlson defensively that really drove that line. Phil Kessel, I thought, had his best game as a Vegas Golden Knight, and you just want to see that continue to grow and continue to get better. But overall, top to bottom, Jack Eichel returns to the lineup, a goal, two assists. You get a goal and an assist from Paul Cotter, 2.9 from William Carlson. Balanced scoring. Balanced scoring. Balance in general is what you got from the Golden Knights tonight. You want that to continue to roll on this seven-game homestand. The Golden Knights are next in action on Saturday night at 7 o'clock against the Los Angeles Kings here from T-Mobile Arena. That's going to do it for us here on the AAA Insurance Post Game Show. Extended Post Game Show is next. Presented by Dollar Loan Center, this is the Vegas Golden Knights Radio Network. It's the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Let your voice be heard by calling in at 702-876-1340. Now here's your host, Ryan Wallace. Hey, extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. The Golden Knights defeat the Pittsburgh Penguins 5-2, the final score here from T-Mobile Arena. Vegas improves to 27-12-2, 56 points on the year, but now improves to 12-9-0 on home ice. And that's big, that's important for the Golden Knights because you have a seven-game homestand. You started on the right foot here with a win. You've won your last four games on home ice to bring yourselves, to, to bring yourself three games above 500 at home. I know there were concerns. I know there were questions about why can't the Golden Knights win on home ice? What's going on? You heard Bruce Cassidy talk about it in Triple A Insurance postgame show. Uh, the schedule certainly plays into it. And for the Golden Knights right now, you look at the month of January in general. You have time to practice. You have time to rest. You have time to work on the details. You have time to rest and recover. That's going to be incredibly important for the Golden Knights as they enter officially now the back half of the year. Exactly 41 games played. The Golden Knights, 56 points in 41 games. That's a 112-point pace for the regular season. And I feel like in looking at the process and looking at the Golden Knights top to bottom, they're starting to turn a corner into what this team is could be what Bruce Cassidy wants them to be on a night-to-night basis. Inconsistent a bit here in this game. Second period wasn't exactly where you'd like it to be. But you bend, you don't break. And then you end up getting a goal late in the second period, and that really, to me, kind of killed all any any hopes that the, the Pittsburgh Penguins had of coming back in this game. 702-876-1340 is the number. 702-876-1340. Set out the phone lines. Bring in Mike. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Yeah, things are turning on the home ice, and I'm grateful. And you can go with Jack's back or welcome back, Cotter. Choose your headline. It was a great night. One of those wonderful uh, where you can just sit and relax after the first period. But unfortunately, the Knights did too much of that in the second and were just bailed out, I thought, by Aiden Hill. My, my first thought is, do you think maybe this was the last straw for Mike Sullivan? No. No. No, no I don't think so. Well, I hope not. He's a great coach. I, I think that they're, you know, the, the Penguins' back end is, is pretty banged up. Like, you don't have Jeff Petrie. You don't have Chris Letang. Like, you're not under siege and, and kind of floundering as, as much as the Penguins were in the first period if you've got those two guys back in the fold. I I think it's been kind of an up-and-down, inconsistent year for the Penguins, but I, I also think you're, you're looking at a core that's kind of aging, and though Crosby and Malkin have been really, really good, uh, 
you, you were hoping for a little bit more out of Kasperi Kapanen, or at least on a consistent basis. It hasn't been there. Um, I don't think it's the last straw for Mike Sullivan. I think that you know the Penguins are going to have to probably go through the season, miss the playoffs, and even then, I still think you have uh, a little bit more runway because you, you know you got a coach that won two Stanley Cups. There's a benefit of the doubt that you get there. Yeah, you sure should. Anyway, uh, in terms of this has been my thought here lately. You've got a one and a one A right now, even though Logan gets the majority of the starts, but it's more toward the days of. Uh, flower and uh and, and you know it, it's more in those days now the last time i can remember a one and a one a going to a stanley cup final might have been flower and murray back in the day is is it possible to have two goaltenders and go all the way to the stanley cup i i don't think that this is a one and one a situation i think that logan thompson is a clear starter and, and aiden hill is the backup i i you know, okay. I, I I don't I don't view it that way. I don't think that organizationally it's viewed that way. I think right now Logan Thompson's getting getting starter starts, and and the expectation is that he's going to continue to come through with with his A game. Okay, I you know it, it surprised me that Aiden started tonight because against Pittsburgh I sort of expected Logan to get the net, but either way, whatever. Bruce Cassidy is doing his magic, so I'm not going to question it. So uh, I'll, in- I'll, I'll kind of I'll give an idea on that. I think you want Logan Thompson ready to go for LA. That's a divisional matchup, and, and the points, to be honest, are incredibly important to to kind of continue to build as much of a cushion as you can over the Los Angeles Kings. And the fact of the matter is, you need to, you needed to give Aiden Hill a game to kind of get that monkey off his back when it came to his start in, in Anaheim. So I think it was a, an opportunity to get him into a game while also making sure Logan is ready to go and on his detail going into Los Angeles. Okay, I, I can see it. Now, obviously, we're not going to get the same kind of play from the Flames and the Oilers as, as they go through the season. Do you think they'll both be in the playoffs this year? I I'm not really certain, and and thanks, Mike, for the call. I, the reason that I'm not certain is I kind of didn't expect the Seattle Kraken to be hanging around as as late into the year as they have, and, and you know they pick up a big time win over a really really good team in the the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I I think the Edmonton Oilers, the Calgary Flames, like they certainly have the ability to get in. But things are going to have to get better for them. The Oilers need defense, and they need better goaltending in Calgary. Uh, has to find a way to make it work under Daryl Sutter with the forwards that they have. I, I think that right now one of the two will, will certainly be in. I don't know which one. I couldn't tell you. Um, but I, I think it's going to take a lot for both of them to get in because the Seattle Kraken are continuing to put wins on the board, and I don't believe the Colorado Avalanche are going to miss the playoffs. So um, if if that's the case, they the, the only way in my estimation that they both get in is if Seattle completely falls apart in the back half of the season. 702-876-1340 is the number. Let's head back out to the phone lines, bring in Stephanie. Hey, Stephanie, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Ryan? Oh, I'm good. So if this needed to be a bounce-back game for Aiden Hill, he looked like he was at a trampoline park because he put on a show today. Yeah, he was great. Absolutely fantastic. So, yeah, it, it was great to see um, the, the goals that he let in. I mean, they were tough, tough goals. They weren't soft goals. Um, and, you know, in the end, letting a couple in in the third didn't, didn't hurt anything. Um, can't be perfect all the time, and... The forwards had put in the effort to get get him high enough that he was able to 
you know, do that. Because you know that the Penguins aren't going to just go away quietly. They're a mm. very proud team, and, you know, Sidney Crosby is going to do Sidney Crosby things, and he did. Yeah, and, you know, Stephanie, thank you for the call. Like, um, I, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah, you know, with, with Sidney Crosby, like – it's one of those situations where you, you hope to contain them. And for the most part, the Golden Knights did. Now, Vegas was pretty fortunate, obviously, that the Penguins couldn't find a goal earlier on in the game. If if they score in the second period, maybe the complexion of the game changes a little bit. Malkin puts that puck in. Instead of hitting the post, all of a sudden, you, things are a little bit more uncomfortable. But I thought Ben Hill was really good in the second period. And I, I would have liked to have seen the Golden Knights manage the game a little bit better. I I think that when you've got a 3 nothing lead and you're finding a lot of success just putting pucks in behind defenses, going to work down low, using your forecheck, I would have liked to have seen the Golden Knights do that a bit more in the second period. I thought they started to do that four or five minutes left in the second period and then go figure, they end up scoring a goal late in the period. But I, I think that there are still kind of those wrinkles to, to work out not so much an effort thing, more of a of a decision making, and and really just understanding where you're at in the game and what needs to happen over the course of the final 25, 35 minutes to to secure a victory. So I think it's there. I think it's coming. The Golden Knights have really turned a corner in my estimation in how they're playing over the course of 60 minutes of late. Seven zero two eight seven six thirteen forty is the number. Let's head back out to the phone lines. Bring in Fernando. Hey Fernando, how you doing? Doing good, Ryan. Well, we're 41 games in, and um, I'm giving our VGK Knights an A-plus for being first in the division, mm-hmm. first in the Western Conference, mm-hmm. and third in the NHL with points. And um, I love the seven-game homestand. I really think we can go at least 5-2, and two, or hopefully 6-1. and one, And um, Well, you only got to go 4-2 and two from this point forward. You already got the one. That's okay. We'll get as much more wins we can in points. That's good. <laughs> um, hopefully um, we can stay healthy and um, make the run for the Cup this year. And um, you guys have a great night, and I'll see you guys later. Yep. Thanks, Fernando, for the call. Um, you know, the, the Golden Knights got healthier tonight. Like, that's kind of the, the big story, right? You get Jack Eichel back in the lineup after missing 11 games, 13 of the of the last 14, he comes in in a big way, three-point night, goal and two assists. Doesn't look like he's really missed a step and playing alongside Riley Smith and Nick Wass. So you spread the wealth around. It, it leads to a big night for Paul Cotter, big night for who also returns to the lineup, and a big night for Phil Kessel, who I thought played probably his best game as a Vegas Golden Knight. So you want that to continue. You, you hope that it can continue, uh, but it's really going to be on Cotter, Kessel, and Carlson to, to keep that to keep that train rolling as long as they possibly can and, and that will allow more balance for the Vegas Golden Knights but also Jonathan Marsh so it looks like he's on the horizon tracking to play on Saturday night and then from there it's it's all about getting some defensemen back in the lineup but we'll uh, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it 702-876-1340 talking about a first place Vegas Golden Knights team let's head out to the phone lines, bring in Blake. Hey, Blake, how you doing? Good, Ryan. How are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm good. You know, it was really good to see our number one player on the team come back tonight in Jack Eichel, but I think more impressively was uh, the Cotter line getting 12 shots on goal tonight and really seeing that line kind of maybe have a future. Um, do you think that's going to continue when more of these pieces come back, or do you think that's going to change up a little bit? 
Well, I'd like to see more balance, right? And so I'm a big proponent of you want to have a top nine as much as you possibly can. I mean, in in a realistic world, like you would have a scoring threat on every single line. You would have a fourth line that can put the puck in the back of the net and dominate in any way uh, you want to play. I think it's going to continue. And I don't think, like, when I say that, I think that Bruce Cassidy wants to utilize Chandler Stevenson, Jack Eichel, William Carlson, and Nick Waugh as his centers. The only way in my estimation to do that is you're going to have to split the misfits up, and obviously you've got to move Eichel away from Stevenson and Stone. If you can continue to find dangerous chances and dangerous looks, and you can continue to get this type of gameplay out of Phil Kessel alongside William Carlson and Paul Cotter, then it can work, but you've got to get that on a night-to-night basis, and I'm not going to say after one night that they're going to be able to do that. You need to see a little bit of a sample size there. You know, I heard uh, Coach Cassidy talk about after the game how he thought this was probably not their best 60 minutes, but close to that Toronto game. What do you think they need to do to get past their second period woes and and actually play a full 60-minute game where they can show that they can really beat anybody in the league? I I think they did that against Colorado the other night. I'd argue that they played a pretty solid uh, second period against Nashville. Like, I think their second periods were coming along of late. I was a bit discouraged by their second period tonight. Uh, and thanks, Blake, for the call. I, I think it's, it's again, it's, it's managing the game, right? So <laughs> you, have, you have an opportunity in this one. You're up 3 nothing to just simplify, simplify, simplify. But because you were generating a lot of looks because the Golden Knights, the pucks were going in and you felt some of that juice, some of that jump. I think you were having guys just go out there and try to make a play, right? Like you look at early on in the second period and if you want to watch it back, go for it. But I think that there were a lot of plays just inside the offensive blue line where the Golden Knights would button hook or they'd pull up or they'd try to go east-west when really the prudent play in this position with a 3 nothing lead is to just put pucks in deep and utilize your forecheck. The forecheck for the Golden Knights was on fire in the first period. They were causing all types of issues for the Pittsburgh Penguins. So the reality of the situation and really the, the, the thing you're getting at, Blake, is that you need this team to manage the game when they have a lead and not necessarily want to add and add and add. You add by being responsible. You add by managing the game. And I think for the Golden Knights, they would have been better served early on in the second period, dumping pucks in, utilizing their forecheck to win those pucks back, going to work down low, creating turnovers. And that's really what ended up happening on their fourth goal of the game. And, you know, eventually they're, they're fifth. Like, that's kind of how they have to play. If you've, if you've got a lead, play to that. To, to that lead and play to that strength and make the opposition come 200 feet if they're going to get a scoring chance. Don't hand them turnovers just inside the offensive blue line so that they can get out and transition and get some easy looks. That's, to me, what they need to do in the second period. There were a couple of games in a row, uh, L.A., Anaheim, Nashville, Colorado, where I thought the Golden Knights played a, a really strong second period on top of you know, pretty good first and third periods. I think the complete game's been there. The results maybe not so much in L.A. and Anaheim, but I think it's trending in the right direction. 702-876-1340 is the number if you'd like to talk to me about a big 5-2 victory over the Pittsburgh Penguins for the Vegas Golden Knights. We're back with more on the extended postgame show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the extended Vegas Golden Knights postgame show. Here's Ryan Wallace. Extended postgame show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. 
Phone lines are open, 702-876-1340. Do you believe Cotter, Carlson, Kessel has staying power? 702-876-1340. If you've never called into the show, I'm speaking directly to you, not anybody else. Well, that's not true. I'm speaking to whoever's listening. But if you want to call in, I want to hear from you. 702-876-1340. Do you believe... Cotter, Carlson, Kessel has staying power, and if so, why? Like, don't just call in and say yes. I want to know. I, I I want reasons here. There's encouraging ideas about what this line can be, and I think for the Golden Knights, if, if we're looking at it historically, right, this is a team that has been searching for the right combination of players in a third-line capacity to impact games. Tonight you saw Cotter return to the lineup, and, and, and for those that maybe forgot where his game was at prior to getting injured, Paul Cotter was playing up with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone and doing quite well with it. In on the forecheck, physicality, finishing plays when they were there, There's a high skill level with Paul Cotter and a big body. Once you're able to kind of put all those pieces together, utilize the skill in tight, utilize the body in the corners, getting in on the forecheck, creating havoc. Once you're really able to kind of dial those things in, Paul Cotter is going to be a heck of a hockey player. And I think he's already there. Like The growth in his game has certainly been there all season long. Now, we know what William Carlson can do. Will Carlson gives players freedom to do things ordinarily they wouldn't do, couldn't do, shouldn't do. That's how good William Carlson is. His skating tonight was fantastic. His forechecking was unbelievable. His back pressure was great. There were no zones today that William Carlson wasn't an effective hockey player. Down the middle of the ice, he provides skilled players a chance to just be skilled players. Like, Because if you turn the puck over, you know William Carlson's your safety net. We don't talk about how good of a 200-foot center he is. We really don't. Because I think everyone's still focused in on 43 goals, 43 goals, 43 goals. Like I get it, I do. But William Carlson's... Biggest impact on this team is going to be his ability to play down the middle and play defensively responsible minutes so that Phil Kessel in this situation, Paul Cotter in this situation, can just be who they are, and that is offensively skilled players. Let's head back out to the phone lines, bring in Rita. Hey, Rita, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Um, as far as Carlson, Cotter, and Kessel, mm-hmm. I think they do because I think every one of them at this point feels like they have stuff to prove. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cotter wants to stay in the line. Kessel's been struggling and wants to prove he's still got it. And Carlson, while he's been good as far as his 200-foot play, mm-hmm. I don't think he feels like without the points, or well, the goals, actually, I guess he's got points, that he's got something to prove. And I think they're all just going to try hard. But my question is, what about that fourth line now? 
Mm. Are they going to be as productive and broke up like they are? Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to be broken broken up for long. I would imagine, and this is just me speculating here, that if Jonathan Marchessault is able to go on Saturday, my guess is you're going to have a second line of Riley Smith, Jack Eichel, Jonathan Marchessault, and then you're going to just put Nick Waugh right down between uh, Will Carrier and Keegan Colasar. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Well, that, that's all I've got. You have mm-hmm. a good night. All right, you as well, Rita. Thank you so much for the call. Let's head back out of the phone lines, bring in AJ. Hey, AJ, how you doing? Hey, I'm good, man. I really I really like what you're saying about the, the Cotter-Kessel line, and I really see the chemistry between those two. I really hope it works out well with Carlson. It seems like it is. But, yeah, I really like that line tonight. Yeah, I I did too. I I think that there's opportunity. It, it makes sense as a line when you when you just want Phil to go out and be Phil and play offensively, get get pucks in space and and do some things. And you know, Paul Cotter has become a, a big piece to this team. So if William Carlson on the defensive side of the puck can can kind of drive that line in that way, I, I think that you have an opportunity to build something there. I totally agree. All thank right, you for taking my call. Yeah, absolutely, AJ. Thank you for the call. We're back with more on the Extended Post Game Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Back to your calls on the Extended Vegas Golden Knights Post Game Show. Here's Ryan Wallace. We're wrapping it up here, Extended Post Game Show, Fox Sports, Las Vegas. Golden Knights defeat the Pittsburgh Penguins five to two. Vegas twenty-seven, twelve and two, fifty-six points on the year. Through 41 games, that's a 112-point pace over the course of the season. First in the Pacific Division, first in the Western Conference. That's where they've been pretty much all season long. And now for the Golden Knights, you've got a seven-game homestand. You started off on the right foot with a victory here. That's four straight now on home ice. And it's an opportunity to rest, recover, and work on the details. That's what this seven-game homestand represents for the Golden Knights. I expect them to grow into their game each successive outing and their next opportunity to grow is Saturday, seven o'clock against the Los Angeles Kings. That's going to do it for us here on the extended post game show. Thanks to Jed Donaldson for making sure everything sounds great down here. Thanks to Bobby Machado back in the studio for keeping us on the air. Thanks to you, our listeners and our callers. It's your post game show. It is not as much fun for me without your input until Saturday night. Have a great night, everybody. We'll talk to you then right here on Fox sports, Las Vegas. Thanks for listening to the extended Golden Knights postgame show on Fox Sports Radio 98.9 FM at 1340 AM. Your home for the Vegas Golden Knights. Have a good night and drive safe.